It's funny that Kyle Yates, who is in his mid-20s, feels old in the pickleball world. But he has already accomplished so much in the sport, both at the professional level and in the business aspect of the game. Kyle definitely has a passion for pickleball, and it comes across in the interview. He also talks about how to make it difficult for your opponent and the importance of having a game plan. So let's get to the intro to hear from Kyle. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Kyle Yates. How are you doing today, Kyle? Oh, I'm so good. Having a great time here in California. Alrighty. Well, I, I, I was mentioning too that at, at the moment I'm in California too, just a little bit north of where you are. But hey, I have to say, when I first started playing pickleball back in 2018, you were definitely, when I started watching videos, you were just everywhere. I mean, you were definitely the first <laughs> pro that I, I knew about. But I know your pickleball background goes back a lot further than that. So why don't you tell me a little bit about when you first started and how long ago that was? Of course. Well, to start off, the game has changed quite a bit <laughs> over the years. When I first started, I, I played indoors on a, like a wood floor. We used badminton lines and lowered the net and played with these either wood or those old basically cardboard <laughs> graphite paddles. And the game looked a little different. I was definitely the youngest person in my area playing. And because of that, I ended up being a lot quicker and, and better than most of people. So I, I got good really quickly and found that there were tournaments and went out to Arizona and, and held my own against the best players in the world and decided I should probably do it full time if I'm, if I'm that good at it. <laughs> but uh, again, I was, I was kind of the youngest person around playing. And uh, nowadays, I mean, there's plenty of people a lot younger than me playing now, which is really cool to see. It, it is. And I think you're in your mid twenties now, so you're still a very much a young person. Yes. Yeah. Mid twenties. I, I feel old compared to most of these players that really just picked up the sport just you know a year or two or three ago and i i've been playing for about 10 years now so although i i, I am young i feel old in the sport of pickleball <laughs> interesting very interesting yeah and you know one of the other things in doing a little bit of research i found was that i had always thought that you had a tennis background and i, I guess that's actually not well i play tennis but most of the people who do have a tennis background in pickleball were much better tennis players than me. So I try to avoid that conversation, but I, I was okay. I, I ended up being around top 30 in the state of Florida in, in the 16s. And, but I, I retired from tennis my senior year of high school and haven't really played at all since. <laughs> well, that's nothing, nothing to sneeze at in terms of your, your ranking there in Florida, I guess, when you were in high school. But, you know, one of the things that I was curious about is, you know, you were pretty young when you got involved with pickleball. Who actually introduced you to the game? Oh, my uncle, Mike, first one to teach me pickleball. He actually taught me tennis, too, four or five years before. But he was he was the racket sports guy in my family. My, my dad never played tennis. My mom never played tennis. But he did, and he got me playing, and then he got me playing pickleball with him and his friends. And I, I kind of laughed at it at first. I went and played with him and his buddies who were all his age and I didn't really take it seriously, but it was, so I, I definitely enjoyed going and playing with them, but didn't really think it was a legitimate sport. And at, at some point I ended up watching YouTube videos and seeing that they were pros playing out West and, and they didn't really look that good on online. So I figured I should, you know, start practicing and see if I could go beat them. But yeah, it's, it's all his fault. 
definitely his fault that I'm playing. And I mean, I, I definitely thank him. I, I bet. Now, did you ever imagine that you would be a pickleball professional when you first started playing? At first, no. It really didn't hit me until there was a U.S. Open of pickleball. Even before that, I, I was I was still in school. I went to college and I played a lot on the weekends or my spare time just for fun. But I didn't really expect to play professionally. There really wasn't a professional level as far as like making money or anything at that point. So I just didn't think it'd be an option. But in 2016, when there's the first, the inaugural US Open Pickleball Championships, that was the moment I realized like, hey, there's some potential here. And I was fortunate enough to play with an awesome Dave Weinbach and we ended up winning. And I had some success in the singles. And, and I thought, hey, if, if I actually put some time into this and, and if the sport grows a little bit, I might be able to make a living at this. So that's kind of that's where the thought first popped in my head. And at what point did you go full-time with pickleball and be able to start making a living at it? Uh, it was 2016. I had a really good 2016 and decided to put my education on hold. I was studying sports management, which probably would still come in handy, but I just didn't have time. And I really wanted to focus on traveling and practicing and, and playing more. 2016, I, I decided after I won the US Open, I ended up playing 20 to 20 the next couple of years straight. 2017, I had a really good year. 2018, I had a really good year. But that's, again, I was one of the first young athletic players to really take it seriously and, and, and do it full time. And now, nowadays, there's, I mean, there's probably 20 to 30 good players doing that. I, it was definitely cool to be one of the first to do it. Now, you also do a lot of other things with the sport and with the game. But actually, before I go there, I did actually want to kind of follow up on the on the family aspect. I mean, you mentioned you were brought to the game by your uncle Mike. Now, what about other people in your family? How much uh, do they play pickleball and kind of have you played many tournaments together? That's a great question. My mom is actually one of the top referees in the country. And she loves that. And she does play quite a bit too, but she enjoys refereeing. For some reason, they they do enjoy that. I find it boring, but hey, it takes a special kind of person to go out there because so we need them. But, but now, yeah, my whole family plays now for the most part. Originally, it was just myself and my uncle. My sister plays now too, although she's pregnant again for, with her second baby, so she's not playing much. But I, I've actually played, fun fact, I've actually played a tournament at the 5.0 level and won gold. With my uncle, my mom, my sister, and my brother-in-law. <laughs> so we all play now. My mom, my stepdad both all play. My sister, brother-in-law play, which is cool. We actually have Christmas family tournaments because my, my stepdad, he has four kids and they all play. So we get like 12, 12 to 13 of us out there and we do a big old mixer. And, and I, I'm the family champion three years running. Nice. <laughs> Now, does anybody else come? Yes, I actually, I actually got to play with my sister Sarah. She's a few years older than me at one of the U.S. Opens in the 19 and up division, and we actually took gold in the 19 plus. So she's a pretty good player. She just doesn't get to practice much. Daniel, my brother-in-law, plays about four or five. He's getting better. My one of or my step, yeah, my stepbrother Chris out in Denver is getting a lot better. He plays around four or five. So none of them, none of them have to compete against me luckily, because I, I think that'd be kind of weird having to play against a family member in, a, in an actual competitive tournament, but they're all getting there. They just, they, you know, they have real jobs. They have real careers. So they don't get, get to play as much as I do. 
Oh, now what does that mean? You have like a fake career? I mean, what is that? Oh, no, they just have, they have, they have jobs and stuff and other priorities where luckily I was able to make pickleball my career. So it worked out. Yeah, it, it did. And, and that's so nice to, you know, see all that accomplishment with, with your family. I just have to say, I love that. I do enjoy playing and sharing that with them. I, especially, especially the US Open with my sister. People ask me what was my favorite pickleball moment. And that for sure, winning, Winning gold medal at the US Open on Stadium Court with my sister was really cool. And, and my mom was there courtside to watch. And so it was pretty special. Cool. Yeah. So you mentioned, you, you just mentioned your greatest pickleball moment. I was going to ask you kind of a more general question about what do you think your greatest accomplishment is in pickleball? Because that isn't necessarily an on the court thing. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, the first, I mean, what comes to mind is just, you know, tournament wins, but. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to think that I've made more of an impact in the sport, other than just winning some tournaments. I I have met a lot of really cool people, and and it's a funny sport where it's intimate enough where you know you have you have people who can still still come up and, and talk to you and stuff. And I get a lot of people coming up to me and just you know just saying, oh, you know, I love watching you play. You know, you inspire me, and I think that means more to me than just winning some tournaments. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that's in there somewhere. Just you know make an impact on people. And, you know, I think that goes, that goes a lot further than just winning, winning a couple of pickleball tournament. Right. And so, like you said, I mean, you, you definitely, you know, your, your job is pickleball and I know that, you know, I'm sure you love it. I mean, it's not, you can just really hear your enthusiasm. What other things are you doing in the sport besides, you know, tournaments and, and the on-court things? I, I know you've got a number of other kind of business ventures too. Yeah. So, a few other things we got going on. Yates Pickleball Academy. I, I do a lot of teaching, traveling around doing clinics and, and camps around the country. I, I don't really advertise it much. Uh, I, I like to go and, and do something a little more personable. I haven't really had to market too much, fortunately. There's such a demand for, for things like that right now with so many new players. So that, that's that's been a lot of fun. That's I think I get a lot of joy out of that, meeting a lot of these people and helping them improve and 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 whatnot so that's been fun teaching a lot more we've got apparel brand pb1965.com my friend randy sussman and i started pb1965 obviously pickleball and then the year it was invented in 65 and so we've got nice clean pickleball apparel so we've been working on that that's that's been that's been taking a while that's been a process a lot of learning curves getting into that kind of industry but definitely learning a lot about you know the business aspect of it and with COVID, it wasn't fun, but we uh, were doing well. Um, happy with what we're able to produce with hats and shirts and wristbands and all that, and definitely growing. Let's see what else is there. Oh, I'd, I'd like to start dabbling into some tournament directing here at some point. I've I've played a thousand pickleball tournaments. I feel like I I've got a lot of insight in, into how to improve a lot of these events. So I've been working with a couple tournaments, trying to make sure that the players are taken care of a little bit better moving forward. So a lot of little things. Yeah, I. I I tell people the only thing I like more than playing pickleball is talking about pickleball. So as long as I can stay involved somehow, I think I'm happy. Now, I was curious about as you kind of travel around the country and you're, you know, you, you do some clinics and, and such. I mean, do, do you feel like you're really ch- training that next generation who, you know, will eventually be at the top of the game? <laughs> I've already seen that firsthand, actually. I, I met Ben Johns when he was a beginner. And, and gave him some lessons and trained with him for a little while. And, and at some point, he started getting better. I said, hey, you know what? You've gotten a lot better over the past year of us drilling. You want to be my partner at Nationals? And 
and he was stoked and we go and we win and now he's world number one and then again another another person i got early on was little annalee waters when she was 10 years old she came into the clinic of mine over in delray and i said i told her you know it's like you know if you keep practicing you can be really good one day maybe i'll even play with you in a tournament and, you know and she blushed her eyes lit up and sure enough i'm playing with her this weekend awesome. <laughs> so it's, it's 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 funny to see you know people who you know it, it takes a lot of dedication for sure i know some people who've been playing a long time and you know they reach a ceiling but to see some people who who have talent and then they put the work in and to see it pay off is really cool. So I've gotten to see that firsthand. There's a, a few other players I'm working with right now that have some potential. It's gonna be tough to to outshine those two, but you know, I, I love taking some of those those younger players with the talent and seeing if if we can work with it and develop into something special. Well, I have to say, you know, you're a heck of a coach given the students you've had and where they are now. Well, they they put the work in themselves. I just tried to give them some pointers early on, make it a little easier for them. So just to give people a, a little bit of an idea, what does it mean to be, you know, so dedicated to the sport that you really can go to the pro, pro ranks? I mean, what does it take nowadays? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think people would be surprised. I, I think a lot of these tennis players coming in are, are really seeing it firsthand where I people will expect to be better right away and they think they're really good. But that love, that top levels is just unbelievable how good these players are. I mean, you have, you have high quality athletes, but people who have just dedicated full-time pickleball for several years. I mean, there are players right now that are finally winning medals at the pro level that have been grinding for well over a year, year and a half. And they're finally starting to win some medals. Every year, the bracket gets deeper and deeper with talent. Everyone just keeps getting better. And you're seeing newer and newer people jump on the scene who've been training in secret. And it's it's tough. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I tell people that the skill level is beyond where the sport is really at. And what I mean by that is the players right now are, are at that elite level, but the sport is still trying to catch up. So I, I mean, it's tough. If I, I wouldn't recommend trying to go pro yet. There's definitely plenty of options as far as uh, making a career out of pickleball. But just showing up to one of these PPA tournaments and expecting, medal, expecting the medals is going to be tough. I mean, you have you know, 20 to 30 players who have been doing it for years full time. That's, you know, the, the barrier to entry is pretty high. Right. And I agree with you. I, I don't think people realize that because, you know, even a couple of years ago, you still hear about people with that really high level tennis background, you know, coming in at the five zero level and, you know, some of them, you know, win pretty quickly, but you're right now it's, it's definitely a, a tougher. Now you mentioned it's definitely a tough route. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned you, you kind of had a quote there. I think it was, you know, the skill level has gone beyond the sport. Was that, did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. That's close enough. Okay. And, and so is that where you're kind of suggesting that, you know, the whole sport needs to grow? Are you largely referring to kind of the pro level? Can you just expand on that a little bit more? Well, this, there's definitely room to grow with the whole sport. But I, it, what you're see, basically what you're seeing is all these pros who are, are making a career and doing it full time, training, traveling, playing tournaments. And for, a number of reasons, just the, the money is just not quite there yet. There's just not enough 
spectators, not enough people watching. It's just not mainstream enough to get enough attention. And, and so it's really tough. I mean, you're seeing a lot of these pros were mainly just having to teach a ton to, to, to make enough money to get by. I mean, a lot of these tournaments, most of these players don't actually make money going to these tournaments. If anything, they're breaking even or losing a little bit, but you know, we just, we love it so much. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's true. I've, I've definitely heard that from a few other folks is that, it's really hard just to focus on solely focus on the game because you've got to, you know, be in other businesses, teach clinics, and eventually, you know, that that's going to change. I mean, any thoughts about, you know, how long off where you can see, you know, the top 50 men and women, you know, just focusing purely on the playing tournaments and the sport? You know, I really don't think we're far. I, I think we're close. And I say that because the things that the PPA and the APP tour have been able to do this year, because it was not easy when they, they both started kind of right around COVID and everything was halted. But this year, they've both kind of grown and uh, there's more tournaments next year and prize money is slowly going up. And I think all it's going to take is is a little bit better, a little bit better video quality so more people can watch online. And then I think they're going to be able to attract better sponsors. And and really, I think it'll grow exponentially. I mean, you see the growth already of the sport. It's, it's exponential. It just it feels like it just doubles almost every year. But I think we'll see that with, with the prize money, too. I think once a couple of big-name sponsors jump in, I think you'll really see it kind of get carried away, which which will be really exciting to see, especially from where the sport was a few years ago, where we, we were playing for no money. <laughs> there was no prize money back when I started, people still traveled and played tournaments. So now, now that there's more, more incentive, I think you're just going to see more and more players go for it. True. Now, one of the things I always like to do when I have an interview with a professional pickleball player is I do like to talk a little bit about instruction and I know the game has changed and this, this quote probably is still true. It was one that I read on the internet in some interview and hopefully it was you who said this and this is actually correct, but it, I think the quote from you was, there's a very fine line of demarcation between going for a win and forcing your opponent to make an error. It sounds like something I would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is, you know, well, for one, first of all, you know, can you kind of just explain what that means? Of course. Yeah. First, I, I do agree with that quote. And what, what basically that means is there's a fine line between trying to actually hit a winner or just putting the ball in a in a tough spot on your opponent and forcing them to hit tougher shots. So one of the main things that I teach when I'm giving clinics and whatnot is is try to make your opponent's life difficult. If if you're making errors, you're not making your opponent's life dif- difficult. So you don't need to go for these crazy winning shots, but just keep the ball in tough positions for your opponent. Keep it down at their feet. Keep it down to their backhand. You don't need a bunch of amazing shots. You just need a lot of decent shots. Okay. You don't need, you don't need a bunch of amazing shots. You just need a lot of decent shots. You could win a match just by keeping the ball in play low to someone's foot. You don't have to hit any winners. So in, in pickleball, that, that I feel like that really rings true where I think people get carried away trying to do too much. Where in reality, if you scale it back and just try to, you know, grind, just keep the ball in play keep it down in a decent spot where you're not going to get in trouble. Uh, I think that is, is actually what wins more matches. It's, it's trying to stay out of trouble where sometimes if you do too much, you get yourself into trouble. So I, I, that's one of the main things I teach people is don't do too much. Just keep the ball down, 
force your opponent to hit up on it a lot, make them hit a lot of tough shots, but don't try to do too much. So when you're talking about learning how to hit your spots, whether it's at somebody's feet or, you know, kind of targeting the backhand, how do people actually learn that? I mean, what's, what's kind of the process for being able to truly target where you want to hit the ball? Well, the first thing is just that having a target. I, I ask people a lot of times after they hit a shot, I said, why did you hit that shot? And they go, well, I don't know. It's, it's having a game plan, having you know some sort of deliberate focus. My whole focus is let's keep the ball down and probably away from their forehand as much as possible. And so as long as you go into a, a game, playing some points, you have this focus where I'm going to hit every single ball down or down at their left foot and really try to emphasize it. I think you'd be surprised it's, it's easier than you think. But most people just go and, and they just see the ball, they hit the ball, but they don't really think about where and why they're hitting their shots. Now, as you move up in levels, I mean, are you finding at, at the pro level, you definitely have to take more chances than you used to? You know, you get forced to. The defense is so good at the pro level. Some of these players are just so annoying. They get everything back. And so you, you do feel like you have to go for too much at times. When, you know, there's again, there's a fine line. You, you could either try to go for too much and really try to win the point right away. Or you could just accept the fact that you're going to have to grind. Just make sure you stay in control of points. Really control the kitchen line. Keep the ball down. Maybe try to force your opponents back. Force them to hit a lot of low backhands. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if they're if they're hitting tougher shots than you most of the match, you're, you're probably going to end up winning. But, but you see some of these teams that are so good defensively, players end up making errors trying to do too much against them. So you've really got to find that balance and stay within yourself and just play your game and not, not get carried away. A great team, the Newmans, Riley Lindsay, just so good defensively, so athletic, they get everything back. So teams end up making a lot of errors because they feel like they have to be overly aggressive against them. When in reality, a team like that, you're probably, you know, it's, it's annoying, but you're probably going to have to grind. You know, the points are going to be really, really long, but at least if you're making them hit tougher shots and they're making you hit, you're likely going to come out on top, but you've got to be willing to hit a hundred balls every point. And if you get if you get lazy, you're going to lose. Right. Yeah. And that, that's what everybody talks about is as you move up in levels and your play improves, the rallies actually get much longer. And now I clearly hear you saying that, you know, with these great defensive teams at the pro level, I mean, the, the rallies are incredibly long. Yeah, it's tough to put the ball away sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, I know you're getting ready to play in the tournament this weekend. This podcast actually won't be out for a few weeks, but I wish you well in it. Just to finish up, I do want to ask you two more questions. Uh, I always like to ask the pros, which pickleball paddle do you use and why? Oh, I have been using the Paddletech Bantam EXL for the last seven years. It is by far my favorite. I've tried a bunch of different paddles and I always revert back to it. My First national tournament I ever went to in 2014, I had just bought a new Paddletech Bantam EXL and I loved it. And I went to nationals and I was playing in a match and I went down hard for a volley and I basically crushed the top corner of the paddle. And after the match, I was I was pretty bummed. I, I went and I'm sitting there, not sure what I should do because it was my only paddle I had. I didn't know anybody. And a guy comes up to me and, and says, hey, you know, great playing. You know, it's a nice paddle. You like it? And I told him, yeah, I love it. But, you know, it's broken. But, I, you know, I still have another match coming up. 
And he says, here, follow me. And he takes me over to this tent and he hands me two more brand new ones. And uh, he introduced himself. His name is Curtis Smith. He was the owner of Paddle Tech. And so that's how that relationship started. I was just a kid that needed a new paddle and he handed me a couple. And, and uh, I've, been, I've been fortunate enough to work with, with the guys at Paddle Tech for the last seven years. And yeah, they've, they've come out with some new paddles since then. But I just, I don't know. I, there's something about that original EXL. I still love the feel of it. Yeah, I guess we'll just call that old reliable. Yeah, I guess so. It hasn't failed me too much over the years. Now, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, where's the best place for them to reach out and get in contact with you? They could probably reach out on social media. That's usually the best way. You can find me on Instagram, kylyates.pb. That's kylyates.pb. Pretty simple to remember, Kyle Yates Pickleball. Also, Facebook. I've got a Kyle Yates Pickleball Facebook page, but most people just use my regular Facebook page, Kyle Yates. I, I created the, the pickleball page hoping to divert some of the pickleball attention over to that page and keep it out of my personal page, but as it turned out to be an impossible task, so I use both of them now. All right. Well, this has been great, Kyle. I so appreciate you being on the Pickleball Fire podcast, and again, I wish you well this weekend and might even come down and hang out for a bit. Yeah, come watch. It's going to be great. PPA run, they run great events. It's really exciting. So, All right. Well, thanks again. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.